Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Loyalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Loyalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Nothing written about you is great. Today, show your greatness in this place. Touch our hearts, transform our lives in a special way. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Wonderful. Put your hands together for the Lord. Like I said in the beginning, it's good to see all of you again. I've been thinking about you throughout the week. I've been dreaming about some of you, and I'm happy to see you again. Amen. I hope you are as happy to see me as I am to see you. Wow, what a shock. Anyway, let's get into the Word of God. Um, I don't know what you've been talking about, but I also want to talk about something. Amen. And for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about how to become a strong Christian. Hallelujah. How to become a strong Christian. You have to be strong at what you are doing. Amen. How to become a strong Christian. In life, whatever you are doing, you have to be strong at it. If you are an accountant, you have to be the best of accountants that can be. If you are a pharmacist, you have to be the best. If you are a doctor, you have to be the best. If you are a student, you have to be a good student. I mean, there's nothing more horrible than a student who is struggling to just survive. I met a student. She said to me, Pastor, I'm struggling. And I mean, as a pastor, I encourage her and everything. Later on, I realized her degree of struggle. It was beyond comprehension. What do I mean by that? Even at the end of the day, she, she ran away from writing exams. That's how bad she was struggling. She ran away. She didn't even write exams. Which means that you can't even go to the next year. So it's so, it's so, it's so, I met another student, she was trying to do mathematics. I looked at her matric results. The results were great. She had level one in mathematics. Five, six, sevens, the rest of the things. And then I think she had one, three in, I think, geography or something. And then mathematics, she had level one. So she tried to rewrite the mathematics. And she went a whole year. When she sat in front of me, I looked at her results. I said, this girl is not stupid. 
She's not dumb. She's very smart. How come that maths is a struggle? She wrote it again, and she still got level one. Now, when she came to see me, that's, when you have a problem, you need to get help quickly. You see, because when she came to see me, she had only about 10 days to the exam. So when I got her help for the, to somebody to teach her, by the grace of God, when it comes to school things, we have a lot of very educated people in our church. I mean, let's say Max over there, I hear he used to be a teacher in high school. Yeah, very good teacher in high school. So you maybe you never know those who are in the in the church. So I got her somebody to help her. And when the person started to teach her, then the person started to explain to me the nature of her problem. She was like a grade nine student in that field who is attempting to write a grade twelve exam. It's it's like she she's clueless when it comes to mathematics. Do you get it? So, I, I could see she was genuinely doing her best. She sees the thing in the textbook, she repeats it. If they change one letter or one number in the question, she doesn't know what to do again. Struggling. It's so poor. Another case, my stories are so many. I'm like Jesus. Jesus told a lot of stories. One day, there was also another lady. She was going to write matric. She said she needed help. My wife said, okay, I'll teach you. Also came at the last minute. So my wife started to teach her maths, and I was also there. So it was like, let's say, all of you, but you are doing the maths, but these ones do nothing. So as a pastor, I was spending time talking to them, encouraging them, whilst my wife was teaching the lady. As she taught the lady, she was teaching something. This one that we use, tita, tan, tita, cos, tita. You know that, ne? Do you? <laughs> you are great, yes, you are. You know, so as, as she was teaching, after a while, the girl was quiet. Do you understand? Yes. Do you understand? Then at that point, she said, I want to ask a question. So I said, so my wife said, what do you want to do? She said, what, what is tita? That's, that was her question. What is tita? As in, not that how do you find tita? Because when they do tan tita, you are supposed to find tita. That's not her question, that how do you find tita? Her question, or what is the answer for tita? She's, her question is that, so all this tita you have been mentioning in the, in the talk, so tan tita over cause tita is equal to, so this tita, what, 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 why, what, what? I told my wife, you know something? I love this girl, but she can never pass this exam. The reason is because if they teach you what Tita is in grade nine, unless I'm wrong, grade, grade nine, that's where you, they introduce you to this grade eight, grade nine. So if you are at grade 12, two days before the exam, you are now asking that, what is Tita? Before we come to even what we are about to do, we don't have enough time. Tell your neighbor, we don't have enough time. Unfortunately for us in the church, we've, we have also brought that attitude to the church where it's like we are Christians though, but we have not bothered to find what Tita is. Somebody say amen. 
we have not bothered to develop ourselves so that as Christians, we are strong Christians. We have not bothered. It's enough for us. Pastor, you said if you lift your hand, you get born again, and then you are going to. It's enough. I'm, I've lifted my hand. I'm going to heaven. After all, heaven is the final destination. I'm going to heaven. I'm happy with that. But it's not enough. So in Ephesians chapter 6, which is our main scripture for this discussion, in verse 12, verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand the wiles or the tricks of the devil. Then he explains why. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual darkness and, and wickedness in high places and spiritual darkness in this world. Hallelujah. Then he goes on to say that, wherefore, Take on what? Take, take to yourself what? Take on to you the whole armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Amen. What Paul is saying is that, first he gives an instruction. He says, be strong. Paul is saying that be strong in the Lord. It is not good enough to be in the church or be born again. It's nice, but it's not enough. He says, in addition to that, be strong as a Christian. Just as if you are doing mathematics, we expect you to be strong and not ask a question that, what is theta? Do you get it? As a Christian, also be strong. Amen. He says, be strong. Then he goes on to, he says, the people we are battling with, First, he said the first thing is that be strong so that you can stand the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil is referring, wiles means tricks. Satan is full of tricks. So when you are not strong, you can't stand against the wiles of the devil. He just used one trick. Some of us, just one offense, and then you are out of the church. Meanwhile, you didn't know that Satan was tricking you. Look, Pastor, I couldn't believe it. You see, look, the last person, yes, I know, Sister Andile offended me. But when you look at Sister Andile, the way she is, I mean, she will by all means offend you. So as for that one, I just understood. I forgave her. And then when you look at uh, Zimasa, um, I'm not surprised. From where she, if you look at where she comes from, they are usually very offensive. I mean, she's from Tofim Baba. Very offensive. But the pastor's wife, whom I expected that is close to God, because this is God, this is Jesus Christ, then this is Reverend David. Then next to Reverend David is Reverend David's wife. So if, if, if Reverend David's wife, who is just two or three steps away from God can do such a thing. Oh, then Jesus was right when he said, there is none good on this earth. No, not one. Jesus, I, ag I agree with Jesus. 
Yes, I also agree with Jesus that there's none good on this earth. That's why we all we offend each other. That's why the Bible says, James 3, 2, says, in all things we offend all. But it's not your offenses that will tumble. One offense. Lady Pan, uh, and when we, sometimes we go and investigate what happened. And uh, she saw me at ShopRite and she didn't even say hello. And she just passed. Now, what is your evidence that she saw you? You don't, maybe she didn't even see you. So, oh, no. Just when she was getting to my place, then she blinked her eye. When are you expecting her to blink her eye? I mean, tell me, explain. Let, I mean, let's be serious. When should she blink her eye? But because she, she just made the mistake of blinking her eye, so she blinked her eye so that by the time I came within her view, she, her eyes will be shut. So she won't see me. I said, oh. And because of that, you have decided you are not coming to church again. Eh? I, can't be, I can't be a Christian anymore. It's because you are not strong. Satan has just used a trick. We had a, a massive Valentine's Day celebration in Peter Marysburg. I mean, one of his kind. One, I, I don't know if you have seen pictures. We'll put a few pictures on your platforms. You see. I mean, one of its kind. When we finished, the single, lady, the single people, all the single ladies, all the single, they were telling us that we should have a celebration for them too because it was just for married people. It's like, ah, if you can do something so nice for yourself, why don't you do some for us? I said, don't worry, I'll do something for you. Don't worry. A guy gave a testimony there that the first day he came to church, to start with, he didn't want to come to the church. And then he was forced to come to church. Then when he came to church, that day, the pastor was talking about money. He said, ah, you see, it's true what they say all the time. The church, they are always looking for money. And then he went. But the next Sunday, the Holy Spirit worked on him. And he came again. Then when he came, he realized that, ah, they are not talking about the money. Because, and it's not like even the pastor, they... He joined the ashes, and the ashes said, well, let's make a contribution to do something. He said, ah, I found them. When he came the next week, the people had contributed, done the thing, and they never asked him a question. They never asked him a question. Then he said, hey, so if I didn't come this Sunday, I would have missed that thing that would, I would have just been swept by a trick. So he says, you have to be strong so that the tricks of the devil don't get to you. Then he goes further to explain. The people we are fighting with, do you see it? The people we are in a battle with, they are not our neighbors. Like He says, for we wrestle, verse 12, he says, for we wrestle. To wrestle means to fight. We fight not against flesh and blood, which means your problem is not, if you are having a problem with human beings, you are having the lowest kind of problem. That's why you must be strong because even the people you are fighting, they are, they are wilder than what you think is a problem. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now then he lists four things we are fighting against. He said, we are fighting against principalities. Today I'm just laying a foundation. Usually on Sundays I don't preach for a long time because I preach on an empty stomach. Anyway, I'm just kidding. He says, we wrestle, but we wrestle against what? Principalities. Powers, spiritual wickedness, and darkness. These are the people we are fighting against them. Principal, a principality is something that controls an area. 
I don't know what principality operates here. Reverend David, what is the principality that operates in this Deban? Sometimes you go to an area, the principality there is just being happy. I think Deban will have something like that. That's why they call it South Africa's playground. That's why you, you see that there are places in Deban. We used to come to Deban many years ago. There are places in Deban where there's life 24 hours. Don't you have anything like that here? I don't know Marysburg where we have life 24 hours. There's, the city shuts down. Do you get it? So it's like, oh, no matter, even South Africa, there's a principality here. Apart from, you let's put fornication. I don't let your mind go to, to town. Let's put fornication, this crime, and everything aside. Let's even look at the good. There's a principality here. Go to school. You finish, when you finish school, take a loan, buy a car, buy a flat, and you are set for life. He said, you need a stronger power to rise above that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. When you think about fornication, even your mind blocks. You need a strong, that's, if you like, call the average South African. Say, What's your vision? Oh, I can, if I can finish school, buy a car, buy a flat, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. That's, that's it. That's the, that's the dream. If you go to Pretoria, they are living the dream. But you, like when, when we came, when we came, from exile um, in 2004. I mean, those who are pastors now, and we were, I was also a young guy, pastor of coming to the system. Then we met, oh, that's, that's it. If I can just get a flat, and then I'm living. So first you start renting, then you start sharing. You are renting, but you are sharing with somebody. Then if I can get to the level where, I, so then you try and get a car. Then now the next thing to get to the level where you can buy a two-bedroom flat. Which you are paying in bits and pieces. Then, it's like this is the life. Do you see it? But this cannot be the life for which you went to university to slave all these years. It cannot. It's, a, it's something. You see, a, a principality refers to something that makes the people think or behave in a certain way. You have. You need to go against the current to be able to think otherwise. And it says this is what we are fighting again. In some, I mean, I used to be in Port Elizabeth. I mean, every, by the time you are 16, you should have one child. Yeah, you should have one child. 16, you have one. Yeah, then you give that one to your mother. By 18, you have wrought the second one. If nothing slows you down, by 21, you have the third one. By 23, you have lost your figure, everything, you are like an old lady. Yeah. The cycle goes like this. The, the, from, from South African girls become beautiful from around 13. Then they start going like that. 16, 19, 19, they are peaking. 20, 22, they are still plateauing. 25, then they start coming. No, if you like, check. I mean, don't be offended at me. I mean, if you like, check. Unless, I'm, what I'm saying is that when you follow the normal line, this is how it goes. It's a principality. But when your mind now starts to work, let's break it. Then you see somebody, she's 36. She looks like she's 19. Yeah. Because she decided that, Yes, maybe she even maybe she made some mistakes even on the way, but she realized quickly, say, Hey, I'm changing things. You see, 34, she's still sharp. 
40. When she mentions her, she says, hey, are you sure? Yeah, because she has changed her. It's like she's changed the way she goes. The principality of the area is not affected. Paul said, this is what we are dealing with. That's why you have to be strong. If you, are, if you don't have strength, I mean, everybody, everybody in your class has a blesser. Different levels of blessers. Level one, level two, level three, level four, and level five. Which one is higher? The lower, the, which one? Five is what? No, I'm not saying you know, but if you have an idea, help me. Five is uh, that one, the iPhone X. Oh, I hear you have remembered. Yeah, level five is what? iPhone X. Level four is iPhone 8 plus. Level, level three is what? Others, level seven. Level seven is Dubai. Wow. What it means at level seven, he will take you to Dubai. What a shock. Now, if you are in a, you are, you are a group of girls, seven girls, and six of them, all of them have blessings. Some have a level one or level two blesser, and they're a level seven blesser. The level one or two blesser is for domestic work. The bulb is not working. Can you please change it? Um, can you move this table for me? My car is not starting. Can you push it for me? Uh-huh, that type of guys. Can you please get me a little air time to do some things? Uh-huh. That's level. Then there's a level six or seven blesser. Level, so if level seven is Dubai, then level six is where? Maybe Cape Town, Waterfront, Robin Island, you know? Oh, I get it. My God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You need a certain strength. Do you get it? To be amongst them and say, you know something? I don't think I, well, I, this thing is good for me. I'm thinking of my future. I don't think this thing is. You need strength. That's why I said, be strong. If you are not strong, you just say, hey. Anyway, when, I mean, I met a group of girls, friends, good friends, good friends. They like going out. I mean, they are not bad girls or whatever. They like going. So Saturday morning like that, let's go and have breakfast. Then all of them come and meet. They have breakfast. When they finish, they split the bill. Do you get it? They just split the bill. So one day I was chatting with them and I was like, okay, so, but I look at them. They earn different levels. There's one of them. She earns 6,000. And then the others are on the other end, 37,000, 42,000 type of people. So I was asking that, so since when we do these things, you split the bill, you take a knife, and then you split the bill into equal portions. This girl who earns the 6,000, how does she cope? Have you thought about it? Have you guys, are you really real friends? Do you get it? Because if I have 42,000, I can afford seven times as much as you can afford with your 6,000. You do the maths. Do, do, do you get it? So it's like, if we are splitting, then it's not everywhere I can go. So the friendship depends on how much I have. So immediately, since I can't fit in with the Joneses, it's like, what do I need to do to fit in? So if you don't have a certain strength, you won't stay pure. You just say, you know something? I need to match these 42,000 people. So, let me just get somebody. I mean, he won't do it much. He won't spoil it. He'll just, you know, a little, a little thing here and there. And then I get something to match up, to make the gap, to narrow the gap a bit. 
So he says, be strong. You are dealing with a principality. You are dealing with powers. You are dealing with spiritual darkness and wickedness in high places. It means people in authority who are wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Such people must be impeached. Anyway, let's go on. Yeah. So he says, be strong. Strong. Then he, he gives even the most important is this. He said, Wherefore, take on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand in the evil day. In the evil day. I think if I even establish this and I go home, I'll be very happy. He says, There's a day that comes in everybody's life. It's not because you have sinned, it's not because you are bad, it's not because your grandmother was wicked or your mother is a witch. No. Everybody's life, they said. Jesus said, work while it is day, for the night cometh where no man can work. Which means that everything we are doing has a time span. Solomon said, the crown does not endure to every generation. You may be a king, so King Shaka, we put it on. Then your son comes. Maybe by the third time, the next one that is after your son there'll be confusion. You'll see the crown has left the family, gone to another family. That's how it works. That's how life works. So it says, there's a day coming which is an evil day. And in that evil day, if you are not strong, monkey, you will fall away. You write an exam you didn't pass. Meanwhile, just before you wrote the exam, you came to see Reverend Daniel. And he said, please pray for me. And he prayed a prophetic prayer over your life. And when you even when you heard the prayer, even there are some prayers that when you hear, you know that as for this prayer, I mean, God hears it. Many years ago, before I got married, we went for a program, and there was a pastor who came, Bishop invited him. His name is Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. He came, and then I don't know what we talked about. Bishop just asked him to pray over the young people who are going to get married. And he just. <laughs> then he took the mic. Then he started to pray. My God. He started to pray. He prayed for about 25 minutes. He didn't speak in tongues even once. No, he just prayed. Father, I pray for this generation. And for 20, when he finished praying, my beloved was next to me. I mean, we were students. I told my beloved, I won't pray about marriage again. <laughs> yeah. And I never prayed about marriage again after that prayer. Because look, the type of scriptures he brought, scriptures that I didn't even know were in the Bible. He, where he pulled them from and the authority with which he commanded the prayer. I said, hey, surely people can pray. When he finished that prayer, I said to, my beloved was next to me. I said to her, I won't pray about marriage again. And I never prayed about marriage again. Till I got married. I think I prayed, I prayed once the day before my wedding. Because I was, I had been hospitalized the whole week. Yeah. And I told the doctor, I'm marrying on Saturday. You have to discharge me on Friday. If you don't discharge me, Saturday by the time you come, I'll be gone. Yeah. And he thought I was joking. So when my mother came, he reported me to my mother. My mother this guy is serious about what he's saying. He will wake up and he's gone. So, to, to, for peace, 
He just discharged me and asked me to come back on Monday. Up to today, I have not gone back. So I pray that God let him discharge me so that I can go and get married. That's it. So I was, Friday I was discharged. I moved in with my friends Friday afternoon. Saturday I got married. My mind was, Monday, oh. And when I was leaving, I was sincere. I will come back. Hey, God said we should swear like I will swear, but I will come back. Zero up to today. 15 years plus, I've not gone back. Yeah, and I've not been admitted at the hospital again since then. Again. Maybe what I needed to do was to marry. So after that prayer, I said, I don't pray about marriage again. So just before your exam, the way ref prayed over you, you felt that you know something, uh, the thing is done already. And when you went to the exam, you saw the hair. It's not by prayer alone. All things by prayer with supplication and thanksgiving. Um, prayer alone is not enough. Then you fail the exercise. Ah, it's an evil day. I can't anymore. I can't anymore. Recently, a girl called me. She was supposed to graduate in December. I was preparing to go for her graduation. Everything. Now, when her results came, she was doing become accountant. She was doing her honors. She had failed, I think, two subjects. So she had to do a rewrite of the two subjects. She did them. She passed one, and she failed one narrowly, 49. And with that, it's like medical school. You do the whole year again. You do everything again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do the whole thing. There's no like, okay, go and come back and write this one, get one mark and add. No, no, no. You do all the final year, uh, the honest course, the final year, again, that's all. And her life just, I mean, her heart was broken completely. She called me, I encouraged her, but you could see that she was down. Even she, she didn't want to, her friends were graduating, she didn't want to go. I said, you don't have to go, just relax, be at home, you don't have to go. Her, her pl- I mean, she had already gotten a job with Deloitte and Touche in Cape Town. By now, she was planning to be in Cape Town. It's like all her dreams have been shattered. But I said, be strong. This, sometimes life throws you a curveball. You have to be strong so that you press on. Everybody's evil day will come. Yeah, Jimmy said he will marry you. Everything looked very nice. Then three weeks to their marriage, he said, you know something? I saw somebody who is slightly taller than you, you know? When I look at her height, it will be very profitable for business. So, please, you know something, for what it is worth, let us just kiss and say goodbye, okay? (laughs) And your heart is shattered. It's an evil day. You have just come into an evil day. Paul says, because of that evil day, you have to be strong or else in that evil day, you'll be blown away. Yeah. You go to have a baby, and you come back without a baby. You, it's, it's, look, it's one of the most deep. As a pastor, you, you, you need, one, you need faith. Two, you need genuine love for people. And three, you need wisdom. Because, listen, the cases people have, you, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, she's gone. She's been pregnant nine months. We have all been expecting happy. Then she goes, there's no baby. You have to stand by the person. And then, sometimes you don't even know what to say. Sometimes, sometimes the pastor doesn't call because he's not sure even what he's going to say. 
He doesn't even know where to pass with it. I mean, last Sunday we were here jumping, all of us happy. Uh, I mean, last Sunday we were very, very, very happy. And we are going to be very, very... I don't pastor a church that they don't become happy. If they don't become happy, there's a genetic disorder. <laughs> Not with me, but with them. So we become very happy. So last Sunday we were very happy in the church. We got home. I mean, everything... We are happy. We watch soccer. Unfortunately, my team lost. I wasn't happy, but I still pressed on. Then just before I close my eyes that I'm going to sleep, I get a message. Somebody we are happy with has just lost their dad. Just lost their dad. It's like, I mean, my wife was just by me. I said, what is this? So my wife asked me, what? I said, I, said, I can't take this. Because I just saw the person now, happy. Every, whilst we were happy here, the person's father had died. Yeah. It's an evil day. If you are not strong, you say, you know something? I would have been better off when I was at home. I would have at least taken care of my father. And hey, you have to be strong. You go for an interview, they don't accept your... I went for an interview. One day I was in England. Oh, I have too many stories for one day. Okay. One day I was in England, I went for an interview. I mean, I had been looking for a job for a long time. All my money was finished. So I got this interview, then I went for it. We went for the interview outside London. They took us by a coach. All the way there. As we were waiting to be interviewed, I was just sitting down coolly because my number was very far. I sat down, I crossed my leg like the way your pastor has crossed his leg like that. And I relaxed coolly because I knew there were about 20 people before it gets to me. So they called me. So I said, oh, maybe the way they are looking at me, they've seen that I'm the one that they need. When I went, they sat me down. They told me, you are not, caught, you are not good for this job. I said, oh, how? Then they showed me a CCTV footage. They said, the way you are sitting, it means you don't like to stand. <laughs> yeah. You don't like to start. Even the, the interview, the interview, they were paying for the, the, it's like, apart from transporting you to, just for interviewing you, they will pay you. Yeah, just to pay for your day that you came, where suppose, after the interview qualified, then you'll be there till the rest for five days. They were going to pay for all the five days. They paid me for that one day that I came for the interview. And they put me on a bus and they sent me back to London. My heart was broken. Hey, hmm. what am I saying? Evil days come. Evil days come. But if you are not strong, you can't survive. That's why I'm beginning to take you through this series. And I'm going to take my time. I'm not rushing anywhere. I'm going to take my time and take you through it properly so that all of us develop and become strong Christians. Hallelujah. What does it mean to be a strong Christian? Quickly, let's start with that so that next week we can continue. To be a strong Christian, or I should say that we need to develop ourselves in various areas so that we can be referred to as strong Christians. It says, be strong in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord means to be a strong Christian. And let me point it out here down there. It's not God who's going to make you. What's your name? Snazo. Snazo. It's not God who's going to make you strong. He's giving you an instruction that you be strong. We are going to pray so that God makes us strong. No. God is not going to make you strong. You have to be strong. 
So he said, be strong in the Lord. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. What does it mean to be strong, a strong Christian? Number one, to be a strong Christian is to, be, to, be, to, be, to, to have a deeper relationship with God. To have a deeper, so as I'm even explaining what it means to be a strong Christian, we can already see the areas in which we have to develop ourselves. Psalm 42 verse 7, the Bible says, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water sprout. All thy waves and thy billows have rolled upon me. Yeah, or have fallen upon me. It says, deep calleth and to deep. You and I must deepen our relationship with God. Many of us have a shallow relationship. If, I, if, if I'm even to look at this whole church, I won't say that I have a deep relationship with you. It's now that I am coming to build a deep relationship with you. Hallelujah. It's my intention to take my time one by one and build a deep relationship with each one of you. Each, I mean each one of you without exception. A deep So, Bright, my relationship with you, you can go somewhere and say, you know, Rev is my best friend. I don't think you are my best friend. Yet. Yet. But you can become my best friend. Currently, my relationship with you is shallow. All I know about you is your name is Bright. I don't even know what your surname is. Do you even have a surname? I don't know. I know you live in this block. I don't know where you are from. Are you from somewhere? Or you are from this block? I don't know. I know you brand earphones and things that you sell out. He said, that's all I know. And I don't think you even know about me. Do, do, do you get it? So as, as I'm here, if I want to say I have a strong relationship with Bright, I have to build a deep relationship with him. A relationship that is not shallow. It can't be blown away by the wind. Are you coming along? Uh-huh. So, I now have to deepen the relationship. For you to, to have a relationship, to be a strong Christian, you have to deepen your relationship with God. That's what it means. Later, I'm going to teach you how to have a deep relationship with God. To deepen. Bible says deep. God is deep. And he calls to deep. So, if you are not deep, when God calls, you can't hear. Because you are shallow, you are on top, and he's deep in the water. Deep, 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 deep. I mean, if you have, how many of you know how to swim? I ask you the same thing here. You are black people. Okay, sorry. And you know how to swim. Those who know, not that you can be in water, not bathing. Please, if I've preached for 40 minutes, tell me so I can close. Those who have, I think I've preached for 40 minutes. We'll round up. Those who know how to swim, you would realize that when they are swimming with people who don't know how to swim, it's not exciting. Because he wants to go deep. You, do you know how to swim also? Okay, then at least deep can call on to deep. So he wants to go under the water and swim and do things and then you cannot go under the water oh, every time you have to be helped. It makes it boring. It makes it boring. How many of you know Princess Diana? Diana, Princess of Wales. Okay. Yeah, she married the, she's the only one that the fairy tale story has happened to in our lifetime. 
Diana. She was there, school, nursery school teacher. The prince came to look for her sister. Then the prince saw her, and the prince decided, I'll marry this one. And the prince married her. Very wonderful. She took more pictures on her wedding day than Michael Jackson ever took until that day. Yeah, more pictures. Before then, Michael Jackson was the most photographed human being on the face of the earth. Diana used just one wedding to crash that. One, just one day. More pictures of Diana than they had ever taken of Michael Jackson. After the lavish wedding, they finished, they went home. Diana doesn't know how to be a princess. She has never been a princess before. And the prince has been a prince all his life. All, there are things, look, if you are there, they say the Zulu king wants to marry, you better turn it down. Yeah, because you, you, you may not know how to be a queen mother. Yeah. So Diana comes, she comes to the palace, and the guy is into horse riding, polo. Diana is even afraid of the horse. He has, he's afraid of the horse. She's afraid of it. The guy's favorite spot is to go early morning, go mountain climbing with the horse. Now I've married a girl. She's afraid of the horse. So anything he does, all the things he likes, the girl doesn't know how to do them. And if you don't know, you have to learn quickly. So he did many things by himself. That's why their marriage didn't work. And Diana kept crying that, you always leave me in the house. Why should I take you? I'm going on a horse. You want to drive a car? Can you drive a car onto the mountain? Very simple. When we are not deep, that's how our relationship is like with God. God is Prince Charles, and you are Princess Diana. Because he's deep, and he's calling to deep. But there you are, Miss Shallow. Very shallow. So what he wants to do, you can't do. You are not even interested in it. You, don't, you are not interested, you don't understand, you can't do it, that's it. From today, you have a deep relationship. I said, from today, you have a deep relationship. From today, you will have a deep relationship with God. That is what it means to be a strong Christian. God willing, next week, don't miss the service. We will continue in this area. I believe that by the time we finish going through what it means to become a strong Christian, you will become a very strong Christian. You, when you look at your, when, when they are calling strong Christians, you say, oh, well, have they mentioned three people and they have not mentioned my name? Don't they know that I'm here? Yeah, that's what it will be. Satan will no longer push you around again. Yeah, many of us, Satan is pushing us around and playing games with us because we have not taken the time to develop certain spiritual strengths and defenses so that we can be strong as Christians. But I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that God will give us the grace to build ourselves in the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Let's share with a prayer. Put your hands together for God's word. Lift your hands and just pray for grace. Pray for grace. Grace means help from God. Tell God, I want to be a strong Christian. Help me. All God can do is to help you. Help me, grace, grace. Ask the Holy Spirit, help us. Help us, help us. 
Help us, help us, help us, oh Lord. Help us, dear Lord. Man, doski palo si palakato sakale. Kimolaba si palolo si tolibaka. Pray wherever you are, pray wherever, pray wherever you are. Just pray, pray for yourself. God, help is coming, help is coming. Maybe some of you are already even in the evil day and you are being tempted that look, let me give up this walk with God. I've been expecting this thing from God for seven years. It has not happened. Maybe God cannot help me. Maybe I should get somebody who's into muti to help me. But pray, God will give you the help that you need. Pray for grace. Pray for grace. Help us, Lord. Help us, dear Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us. Help us, oh God. Help us. Help us, Lord. Lord, help your church. Help your church. Help your church. Help everybody under the sound of my voice, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Help us. As we build ourselves up to be strong in you. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. Lipato sakalibo kapatasi keloba brando lobobo brondi brebe ribadoba brendo lobo rando lobo help everyone lord in the name of jesus in the name of jesus father lift your hands let's pray father behold every hand that is lifted to you we lift it in surrender to you our message to you is the lord we cannot help ourselves you help us we want to be strong in you. We want to be strong Christians. You help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Your word declares that you help us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.